Welcome to you and to all of our perspectives from the top community of listeners around the world to Reflections on the Top. Reflections is to help you get the best from the series by me reviewing the key insights from our latest guest, Ruth Gautian. Ruth is Chief Learning Officer and Assistant Professor of Education in Anesthesiology and former Executive Director of the Mentoring Academy at Weill Cornell Medicine. Ruth started her career in university residency management at NY State and Cornell and, after a brief period in international banking, moved into academic medical administration, leading the transformation of learning and development for thousands of students over 26 years at Wild Cornell. During this period, Ruth gained her PhD in education in Columbia and focused in on finding out what made people high-performing and successful to help others achieve the same. Now, Ruth has researched the most successful people, including Nobel Prize winners, astronauts, CEOs and Olympic champions, in order to learn about their habits and practices so that we can optimize our success. She reveals what she found out in our interview and in my reflections here and in her book, The Success Factor. She regularly publishes in journals such as Nature, Scientific American, Psychology Today, Forbes and Harvard Business Review. I think what Ruth has achieved over her career shows the capability of mentors to change perspectives, performance, and perhaps indeed change lives. The comment by her mentor that she should be doing something important and not just something interesting galvanized her into focusing in on an area that she had found confusing and frustrating for some time. How can you create an environment where people can be their best through having the right mindset and taking the right actions to succeed? Now, this came out of her work supporting and administrating joint medical diploma and PhD programs, which are some of the most difficult to get on in the world. The problem was she saw that despite the difficulty of getting onto the course and the dedication that people had on it, a significant proportion were leaving. Now, as a result, lots of people were looking at why people were leaving, but Ruth flipped that around to ask, why are people staying? What was the differentiating factor between those who stayed and those who left? Her logic was that if you can identify the factors which lead to people successfully completing the course, then if you could enable more people to do the same, to be really great, then logically you'd have more stay and succeed. So that's why at 43 she decided to focus on this as her big project. Her belief was that it was about the why which drove and enabled people to succeed where others failed. But that shouldn't surprise you because if you've listened to all the other interviews on Perspectives from the Top, time and again we keep coming back to this personal why and the power that it has to encourage super performance, to enable super performance. When what the why is has been answered for individuals, teams and organisations, performance tends to go up significantly. And it was this point that her mentor's comment about doing something important as well as interesting transformed what was Ruth's local study into something that was more wide ranging and national, if not international. So the journey had started with a, a dissertation on the success factors of medical students when she found four key factors of success. But after that, the inevitable question Ruth had was whether these factors were also consistent in other people who were successful. That led to her quest to hunt down other high achievers to see if these success factors were indeed common for any field of activity. So Ruth tracked down 
the best and most successful in their field, irrespective of what that field might be. As I said, Nobel Prize winners, CEOs, top athletes, top people in media and many other areas. But what was driving Ruth was not just to find the answer to an academic question, but to find the answer in how to make people more successful in the real world. And she was seeking an answer to help her be even better herself as much as it was an exercise to help other people become high achievers. You can hear that passion in her voice. On this, she certainly had found her own why. Now, Ruth mentioned the great phrase about that we have two ears and one mouth. So if possible, we should spend twice as much time listening as we should do talking. Now, listeners, you and I have probably heard that many, many times before. But how many times do we remember to stick to it when we are interacting with other people? If you think about it, honestly, it makes total sense. Proactively listening to other people to enable them to explain to you what they're trying to achieve, to express how they feel, makes them feel psychologically positive and safe. You are demonstrating your interest in them and showing respect to them. And the great thing is, if you do this, they will then reciprocate. So starting the creation of a trust-based relationship, which just makes everything run more smoothly. But it's also fundamental to leadership. We know from different studies that if leaders listen to people, they ask for ideas. It's proven to motivate those people to generate more effort. Just that simple act of listening and asking them to say what they think. So please try to stick to the twice as much listening as you speak rule, particularly if you're a leader. Now, Ruth has been in leadership roles almost since the start of her career, when she was involved in student housing, then moving into academic administration. But you can see a common thread in everything she did that's really about how you can create an environment where people are able to be their best. And as her career grew, that developed and that element became more powerful and proactive in her work helping students successfully complete their studies. But through not only what was happening within the teaching context, but also the supporting elements around mentoring, access to study materials, be that libraries or online, and even around the quality of accommodation. We all know from experience that that latter, our accommodation environment, which often is not considered in this sort of context, is critical. Our experience, either from our studies or remote working or even just day-to-day -day living, confirm how important it is to have the right environment for us to be happy, to be content and to grow and develop. And it's so important at both work and at home. Having that right environment linked to Ruth's comments about her short dive into the international world of banking, where she said she certainly had no problem doing the job, it's just that she didn't really like doing the job. She wasn't inspired by it. The job didn't meet her personal why. But that links to, in particular, comments by Marshall Goldsmith and indeed other guests where they have stressed the importance of being in a role which meets your personal why, where you can not only do the job, but you love the job. Now, two points on that. Firstly, many of you out there won't be in jobs where that applies, that you're inspired every day. You may be in a job that you need to keep money coming in or which is necessary a step in your career but you should always have in your mind finding that role which meets your personal why as soon as you can 
But also, secondly, for leaders listening, if you can create an environment within which your team members can achieve their personal why, can use their skills to their best ability and grow, then you will unleash their full potential for performance, which will benefit them, you, the team and the wider organization. I would just say to every leader listening, you know, the simple question, do you know what the why is for each of your team? Have you ever sat down to talk to them about what they aspire to in both the short term and long term? Going back to that point about listening, just having that conversation will make such a difference. And if you haven't done it, please put some time in your diary to sit down with each team member and do it. It will make a real difference. However, Ruth did gain from her banking job. Even though she didn't necessarily like it that much, she gained contacts who are still friends. She gained an understanding of a very different type of culture to the one in academia. And we've spoken about before the bottom line focused commercial world where it's often more about me than we. Whereas Ruth said in academia to make things work, there has to be a significant element of collaboration between people to share ideas and develop them further. But that also links back to what all of our other guests who've had careers across multiple sectors have said, that a range of different experiences gives you broad insight and that improves your ability to understand how to work with a wider variety of people and to develop solutions for different challenges which you may face. Now, back in the world of academia and medicine, Ruth worked with, as she said earlier, students doing a combined medical diploma and PhD. Now, that's a very long and intense seven year program. And so she got to know her students very well. And that gave her some really deep insights into the way individuals can change and develop over such a significant period of time. And also the wide range of different elements of study which the students cover over such a long period of time. Now, that gave Ruth a very powerful holistic overview of her, how the whole system worked. And that gave her the opportunity to see not just the individual components, but how those components interacted so that she could optimize the system. Now, that's really important because everybody else was just seeing what was happening in their own component, not necessarily having an accurate holistic overview. That's why Ruth was in such a great position to make a significant development and transformational changes, which enabled the system to be even better. But as she said, what was really important about her overview was that she was able to see the system effects of a change in one part of the system on the rest. Now, if we go back to our childhood, we all know that if we throw a stone into a pond, the ripple spread out across the pond. That same effect happens in organizations. When we change something in one place, it always impacts somewhere else as well. But too often we fail to predict these changes and we fail to look out for them. Many of you listening and certainly I have experienced where one part of an organization does something differently, then there is subsequently potentially a negative impact on the performance of another part of the organization. But if you think about it, that's what we've spoken before. The simple principle that an organization should operate as a seamless whole, even though it's structured in silos. We know from experience, this is where organizations have problems. As Archbishop Justin Welby said in his interview, 
It's the organisational silos that are the greatest challenge for any organisation in terms of blocking enhanced performance. Therefore, Ruth's comments absolutely confirm what other guests have said about the importance of getting to understand that big picture, but also those ripple effects. And if you're a leader, you really need to explain the big picture to your people. As I've explained before, telling your people about the big picture so they can understand how they contribute, that can increase their effort by over 30% because it adds to the answer to the why question. Now, the COVID pandemic has obviously had a massive and in some ways devastating effect on those in the medical world. The study and development which Ruth students were going through had to be done within the context of the demands of delivering their professional medical services to patients on a day-to-day basis. And it's the same for any of you listening who are doing a part-time qualification over and above your job. Clearly, the pandemic almost stopped the opportunity to study and develop. Not only that, but we all know from the data that those in healthcare who experienced the pandemic were utterly exhausted mentally and physically by the experience. And what's worse is it's not even over. So as I said to Ruth, and as I say to all of you out there who may have been in healthcare or are in healthcare anywhere in the world and have experienced the exhaustion and trauma of the pandemic, on behalf of myself and all of our other perspective listeners, I thank you for your sacrifice. Having therefore spent years studying the best performing of her students, then expanding to come out and look at some of the highest achievers across different parts of society, Ruth came to some really powerful conclusions about what enabled the most successful people to be the most successful people. And she put it together in her The Success Factors book. She found that these were the same factors in the Nobel Prize winning scientist, in the Olympic figure skater and all the others. So what were they? Well, before we get to that, I think everybody listening needs to appreciate the bottom line of what Ruth has discovered. That it's really possible to learn and develop those factors which are likely to enable you to be more successful and highly successful. In other words, success can be learnt. It's not just about the skills or intellect you were born with. You can grow and develop. That's a fact. And anyone who tells you you can't is talking garbage. It's a lie. You can build a growth mindset and achieve your aspirations. So what are those factors? First factor which Ruth herself picked up on early in her career is that you must be absolutely passionate about whatever you do. It must be your why, because without that driving passion, you won't really deliver super performance. Now, many people have said that having a high paid job is the ultimate motivator. But having seen people at the most senior level in action and also looked at the evidence, that just doesn't bear out. For many people, the high salary is an incidental to them being able to, on a daily basis, answer their why question, their inspirational and aspirational job. Now, for some people, by chance, the industry in which they are able to answer that question is one that is well paid. But all of us know people and some of you listening who are giving your best and are high performers. There are industries where perhaps you are not as well paid, e.g. public service, healthcare, and education. But that does not stop you being a high achiever if that's the area to get the answer to your why question. 
A great example of this is the interview I did with Andy Byford, the Transport Commissioner for London, who's developed mass transit systems in London, in New York with the MTA, in Toronto and in Sydney. That's worth listening to, as he is a public servant whose why is absolutely about delivering public service and doing the best for his people. He could get paid a lot more in a business CEO role, but that's not his why. The second factor is what I describe as an entrepreneurial challenge-beating approach, where you know there must always be a solution to a problem somewhere. That if you keep adapting your thinking, you keep tapping your knowledge and network reservoir, somewhere is that answer. It's that determination to find the solution and succeed, which is the second factor. The third links to the leveraging of your past experience. Now, that's not the same as always doing the same things in the same way as you've done them in the past. That's because the world is changing and what worked in the past might not work now. It's more about using all of the experiences that you've had, especially if you've proactively broadened them out over time. Looking for and finding that one experience which is a way forward to guide you to where you need to get to go. The final factor which Ruth identified was that super performers are constantly learning. They use informal learning on a regular basis to broaden and deepen their knowledge. Be that through reading, networking, listening to podcasts, having a coach or mentor, or just listening to other people's perspectives and experiences. And it's about being open to that knowledge. In particular, seeking out other diverse insights that are different to your own. That diversity of thought gives you real power, listeners. As Ruth said, building knowledge and diversity of thought, as evidenced by those people who have a mentor, has a proven impact on boosting your performance and your career prospects. But that isn't only for individuals. As I said before, creating that team that has diversity of thought within it also has a massive impact on the potential for the team's success. So what was Ruth's advice? It was simply to try and build a mentoring team for yourself. Now, some of you listening may be lucky enough to be in organizations where you have been given a mentor. And this individual is likely to be able to give you significant value in terms of your performance within the organization. But as Ruth said, and I think there's an argument to say, that maybe a number of informal mentors, either inside or outside the organization, probably better outside the organization, would also help. They would be people who are able to advise you on areas that you want to grow or need to grow your perspectives in. Now, you might not, you, you, to be honest, you might not call them mentors, you might just call them friends. But no matter what the label is, you should try and find two, three, or four people who you can ask for their perspectives. And that's even if you do have a formalized mentor in your organization. Just one note if you are a mentor or you are asked to be a mentor for somebody in an organization. Having been involved in mentoring and having trained mentors myself in major organizations over 30 years, please, please make sure you receive some good quality training before you become a mentor. On the surface, helping somebody grow and develop through your experience and insights seems to be very simple, but it's not as simple as it looks. It's not about you providing your answers to their problems based on your experience. It's about you helping them find their answers based on their experience. And that's different. It basically requires as much listening as talking. 
as Ruth said. Now, mentoring can transform the lives of both people if done well, but that does require the training. And to some degree, it's for both parties. So the mentor needs to know how to do the job, but also the person being mentored needs to know what to expect and how to help them help their mentor help them. But too often I've seen mentoring set up without the skills being in place. And in the end, it's it's had negligible and, and potentially even a negative impact. So please, please, if you're going to be a mentor, make sure you're trained properly. Now, Ruth mentioned that if you go to her website, ruthgotian.com forward slash mentoring team, there is some advice on how to build your mentoring team. And it's definitely worth looking at some of Ruth's insights into this and mentoring in general. So definitely think about these four success factors, which Ruth listed, and maybe self your, assess yourself against them or ask someone to assess you against them by seeking feedback. But the power lies in thinking about them and how you can enhance your ability to develop these in the future. So just a quick reminder. Factor one, you need to be truly passionate about your job. So you need to be in a job where you are passionate. Try to find one if you aren't in one now. Factor two, you need to overcome challenges. And if the things you normally try don't work, you have to keep thinking and developing ideas till you find one that does. Factor three, you need to use your reservoir of career insights to the maximum possible value, constantly going back into them to ask yourself, what can I learn from my experience that will make me more effective in the future? Factor four, Finally, how can I constantly learn and develop to broaden my perspective so that challenges, when they do arise, I, I have more of a reservoir of knowledge and experience to beat them, to enable myself to grow and to be more effective faster? What is my best method to achieve this or combination of informal learning channels? And finally, how can I find my mentors or equally how can I help other people by being a good mentor because the evidence is that the mentors get just as much as out of these relationships as the people that they're mentoring everything that Ruth said in her interview really goes back to the fundamental points that have come out from all of our guests that if we are passionate about what we do if we work in collaboration with others if we show interest in them and listen and try to understand what they want to achieve, they will help us achieve what we want to achieve. We go back to what you've heard me say so often, that if we can build a we not me culture, if we can build an environment at work where people are happy and giving their best, we will benefit. Others will benefit. Our organizations will benefit. Our families will also benefit from the positive feedback we have at work when we get home and our wider societies will benefit. So maybe it's time now that you started to assess your success factors. And if you want to learn more, get a copy of Ruth's book. As with previous guests and now Ruth, I hope you're now seeing this really powerful pattern of simple actions you can take to be more successful. Share these interviews with colleagues who would benefit so they can grow and develop with you. That's really important. Just your action of sharing these podcasts to help one of your colleagues develop is such a sign that you are genuinely interested in and care about them that they will reciprocate. 
And I'll certainly be using these powerful points in my speaking and masterclasses in the future. So please contact me and connect on LinkedIn if you like. Don't forget to sign up to Perspectives from the Top. So that's it for now. From me, it's onwards and upwards until our next episode.